Hello, welcome to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. No domestic racing yesterday, but we weren't short of a racing headline, were we, yesterday? Because Frankie Dettori announced his imminent uh, retirement. We've got one more year to enjoy Lanfranco Dettori in the saddle before he hangs up his boots. But we'll reflect on that. What are your favourite memories, his greatest ride? Sum the man up in three words, if you can. There's your challenge for Racing Debate this morning. Another top jockey will be joining us live on the programme. Top jump jockey Harry Cobden rides for the champ. Paul Nichols, he's got a fabulous Christmas to look forward to, but a tough decision potentially in the King George. Harry will join us very shortly. The whip consultation has been somewhat reopened this week. Jockeys have expressed concerns, misgivings. The BHA have said, come and talk to us. How will that pan out? Your views on that are welcome as well. And we look forward to our Christmas here on Sky Sports Racing. Our festive highlight is, of course, the Coral Welsh National at Chepstow. The Galloping Bear, real national type. Will he get his ground? We're joined by trainer Ben Clark to talk Galloping Bear a little bit later on as well. All that and more. And, of course, your views, very welcome, especially those Frankie recollections. Get in touch. Yes, welcome along to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Mr Chapman joins me here in the studio. You're looking very festive, man. Well, I thought someone should, yeah. Boise. It's not really the dumb thing, is it, on racing channels? People try and look as dull as they can. Well, I so I thought, you know what, it's Christmas week. Most people are trying to be cheery. Yeah. I do my best with, with my... My vision of Father Christmas. It's good to see and it's very, very welcome. Some of us have to keep working after this show, so um, we actually need to be more so. Are you actually staying on this week, <laughs> Just for a little while. Uh, we've got lots to get uh, into uh, if you're watching live later on this afternoon. Thank goodness that's the case today. It wasn't the case yesterday, no racing, but we got this bombshell news. What was it bombshell news? Frankie Dettori announcing he's going to retire at the end of uh, the season. Your views on that are welcome as well. What was your immediate reaction? Surprise? Not surprised? What was your immediate um, reaction? I don't think anyone was surprised, yeah. but it was bombshell news, if that makes sense. It's a big deal. Um, yeah, because the, the thing is, it's so far in advance. So then my immediate reaction was not about how he's feeling at the moment. My immediate reaction is, why has he done this now? Because... I can't think of... I mean, you might be able to reel off a whole load, Sean, but I can't think of many sportsmen who announced their retirement basically a year before their yeah. retiring. How much of a lead-up did we have with McCoy? Uh, he, we I think, game spirit up, meeting, and yeah. he was out that season. So it was, he yeah. was already riding in the season he was yeah, going yeah, to retire yeah, in. Yeah. But so, so for me, it was like, OK, what are the ulterior motives? Well, straight away, you got a big ulterior motive. Where did he announce the news? on ITV. What did he say in the interview? I want to do media. So, immediately you have a connection there. You're such a away. cynical fellow. No, no, no. You, it's, it's like it was a quiet day. You, of course yeah. you'd announce there if you could. Yeah. So, immediately you have a connection there. Yeah. It's clear that, that Frankie will be appearing on ITV more from 2024. Um, secondly, he wants to go out on the, you know, on the top, winning group and grade one races. And... In the back of his mind, he must think that there's more chance of being offered those types of rides if people, owners, think this is the last time we will ever get Frankie Dettori. And I'm thinking more outside of the UK now. Okay. In places like Japan, Dubai, America, these are places where people are going to want that cell phone picture of the flying dismount on their horse. 
So I think that's an ulterior motive. And you have to remember, like, Frankie is linked to one of the most talented teams for publicising their riders. I mean, who's to say there isn't going to be a documentary behind the scenes on the final year of Frankie going on? There could even be a Netflix documentary going on that we don't know about. So, so what I'm just saying is that that... Well, you asked me my immediate reaction. My immediate reaction is, OK, why has he announced this so early? Because he didn't say the kind of things that you might have hoped he'd say, like, OK, next, next season I'm going to ride at Monday or at Windsor on Monday nights. I'm going to take it absolutely seriously. None of those questions were sort of asked, like, is he going to up his game or is he just going to still turn up for the big days? Well, the latter's more likely, isn't it? Cause that's I don't what, know. That, that, well, that's what we've seen questions him do in, weren't asked, in, so recent, in, in recent seasons. Why, why, why would you bust a gut going round every single track every well, because it's the last time you can ever do it. And yeah. if you absolutely that's not, love something, That's not Sean, his bag, though, is it? Well, his bag is the premier, the creme de la creme. That's what gets his juices flowing. And that's but what but right now, and, and Frankie brought up, and it was a very appropriate comparison with Ronaldo, um, right now, do you think Ronaldo's kind of kicking himself that he's been so petulant over the last sort of two or three weeks? Like... Sitting on the bench in a World Cup was not what Ronaldo wanted to end up doing. You know, surely he must be just slightly thinking to himself, I wish I'd been a, just a bit nicer, basically, a bit, bit of a nicer person. So, so, so you, you think we're being shortchanged if he doesn't ride every, seven days a week? No, and stuff what like I'm that? saying is he didn't really tell us if he's going to okay. do anything different. Okay. He's just said... It's, it's a long time in advance, isn't it, Sean? So, yeah, yeah. so we've got to wait and see whether this means... I mean, he's going off to California for ten weeks... He didn't say, I'm going to ride in the Winter Derby, for instance. Um, so we know he's going on his sort of world tour. And this gives owners of horses around the globe time to say, well, do I want to be a part of this history? And the other thing is, I mean, it's hard to think of any jockey, Lester Piggott perhaps, but any jockey who could actually announce their retirement with over a year to go, that anyone would care. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, he's the only one, isn't he? Yeah, you use the term ulterior motive, which makes it sound a bit, you know, sort of negative. I, I, it's entirely sensible. As you say, he's, he's able to do that because his brand is strong enough to do that. That's exactly it. It's about a brand, isn't it? Frankie is now selling his brand for the final year. And um, why not, though? Well, no, there's no reason wrong why not. But you, but you ask the question, like, why... Well, the question is, why has he done it now? Yeah. Like, why not announce it after Royal Ascot and say, OK, well, this is going to be all right. Like, it's happened uh, basically over a year, if you say in terms of years, over a year until the event. And it has to be... There has to be a reason for that, Sean. Yes. You don't just... There's no... I mean, other than the fact that he's clearly told a few people and he thinks it's going to get out. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, that might be another uh, part of it. It's going to well. be fun, though, isn't it? Absolutely it's going to be fun. I, I, one, one name that did cross my mind. Elton John. Uh, just because Elton when John, did he retire from riding? Elton John just announced he's doing Glastonbury, and that is definitely the end. But I'm I'm old enough to remember many many farewell tours. Not that, not that. Well, Elton John has been on farewell tours for the that's, last that's my 10 point. Years. Is 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 this the real deal? I wonder. You know, would he be tempted to come back? Yeah. Who knows? Who but knows? racing as a whole, away from why he's announced now and what he's going to do, there is only one Frankie Dottori. You know, he was captain of Question of Sport when Question of Sport was popular. Um, he's been on mainstream TV. He's like, you know, he's done so many things that, yeah. that it means that if you say to someone, do you know anyone in horse racing, the chances are Frankie Dottori is going to be the main name on the tin. And as far as jockeys riding now, I would argue the only name on the tin. 
I mean, I mean well, you, that's can, been, that's you been can say Leicester Pigger, forever. you can say the Willie Carsons, Willie, of course, was captain of Question Sport as well, which would have made him a big name. Um, McCoy, of course, won Sports Personality of the Year, but McCoy hasn't done reality TV and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, again, I mean, what odds Frankie ends up in the jungle? I mean, you'd think it was fairly odds on, wouldn't you? Doesn't need to do it. Well, it depends if you think... I mean, you, it could be fun, couldn't it? Yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing's fun. I th- I, you don't I, have to want. You don't have to have a reason to do that kind of thing. Well, it can be m- fun. Most of the people who end up on it. Have yeah, had, but you can actually have think have it would be fun as well. To do it. Yeah, and I think for yeah. someone like Frankie, he probably would think that kind of thing. Yeah, fun. maybe, maybe, maybe he can do whatever he wants. That's the point. I would imagine whatever he's, he wants. He's perfectly set up. Yeah. You can get in touch. Give us your fra- favourite Frankie ride. Lots of people have been. That was a question you posed on Twitter. Last it was. Night. Lots of people have been uh, coming back to that. I've posed a question at the top of the show. Sum him up in a few words. I would say, number one. Talented, and that's above everything else. Forget about the razzmatazz. Forget about uh, the showbiz. Talent, pure talent. He's an extraordinary talent. The second thing is he is blessed with this charisma. He is a charismatic person. And the third thing, and I was minded of this. I saw a tweet from Stuart Williams yesterday. He said, "We talk about what he brings in terms of the showbiz and the profile and stuff like that, but he is just a thing of beauty on a horse." And so th- those would be my three: talented, three. charismatic, beautiful. He's a thing of beauty on a horse. I don't think we talk about that enough. And it's a very difficult thing to sum up, you know. And well, I can sum it up in one of my words. Go on. Style. That's what he had. Yeah. Style. I'd say style, flamboyancy, but also, and this I think will get to you, Sean, the final word I'd use for Frankie de Tori. Go on. Human. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because at the end of the day, a lot of things have gone wrong for him. Yeah. People don't talk about it much anymore. But as a young jockey, a flawed genius, you could say, as a young jockey. Even as an older jockey, you could say, a flawed genius. 100%. As most geniuses are, to yeah. be quite frank, in any walk of life, whether it's riding or being an artist or a painter or a musician, whatever it is. Um, because you need that slightly weird mindset that's, that means that you can't just be like this all the time. You're like this all the time, sure, like this. But the flawed geniuses are like this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, I think that's important, that human side. And, and so some people hold that against Frankie de Tori. You are a great sh- host of this show, though. I don't want you to go home That's right. miffed, um, especially the family watching. The, the, the flawed part, the failings, the falls from grace, and there have been some falls from grace, notably the drugs charge, which some people still don't forgive. No, on you know, Twitter, whereas something I comes up about de Tori... Someone will still bring something up from when he was 16 in London. You know, it's like that's the way it is. It, it hangs around you. It'll be the same with Ashin Murphy for the rest of his career. Yeah. Some people will always bring up the bad stuff. Yeah. But that, uh, is that what you're yeah, he's, thinking he's, of when he's, you say he's, human? He's so human. I think that's important. It's part of the he's, picture, isn't he's it? He's human. He's yeah. gone through life. He's, 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 he's got a family. No, he's just he's human at the end of the day. I mean, I think with these kind of people, these characters, they, 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 they almost get built up into superhuman. But at the end of the day, he is just human, like all of us. And yeah. He makes mistakes. Um, he does things wrong. But he has that natural ability that we're talking about to overcome those issues and bounce back. You only have to look at the rows with, Frankie, uh, with John Gosden over the last year. Like, those are not good things. But his natural ability allows him and Gosden 
to probably say quite mean things to one another, but still they want to be together. Yeah, yeah. And that's often the, the, the case with very successful marriages and things like that. You, know, you, 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 ha you can fall out, you can shout at each other, but at the end of the day, you still want that unit to be together. Yes. A few uh, reactions from uh, our viewers on, on the um, uh, Frankie. Uh, questions which we've posed you sum him up uh, best rides or, or, or favorite memories not that many reflecting on the magnificent seven one or two david wilkinson says fujiyama crest was his favorite ride that was the seventh leg of course the final leg of the magnificent seven at ascot talking through my pocket but it changed my life changed many people's lives oh, that day gary loads Wil and loads gary wiltshire will be celebrating the retirement won't he? <laughs> changed his life but not for the uh, not for the better here it is 20 to 1 or something in the morning goes off 7 to 4 or something after everyone's uh, a punted it but also all the bookmakers put this was in the old days when you could pour money yeah. back onto the track and that's exactly what happened what i love about this is look at pat edry on the right here throwing the kitchen sink at northern fleet i think it was and um you know there was no like oh frankie you can have the last race or whatever like pat did everything he could there and of course fujiyama crest frankie kept kept the horse ended, at his home ended like, up in his he, back garden yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, they took him home and looked after him and had him as a pet, basically. And it was, it was just a great look. That is a moment... Where, were you, where were you that day? Can you remember where you were that day? I think I was there. At Ascot, yeah. I think. You, you either there it. or in... I think I was either there or in the racing post offices. In OK. The, I, yeah. I, I actually can't remember where I was. I was, I was at the headquarters of one of... Uh, major high street bookmakers. Uh, well, I was doing Labrook? stuff for the shops, yeah, yeah, doing the audio for the bedding shops, and, and it, it was just really exciting and really fun. But by, by the time the fifth or sixth winner was going in, the entire board was... What assembled. year was that? Nine... What, what year was that? <laughs> I don't know. 80... 96. 96. Yeah, that would be about right. OK. Um, I'm sure it is right, because our Side producer just said it. Just about racing at the, uh, working at the racing post. OK. Yeah, I, it started off as a great fun day, but for, genuinely for, for the, the bookmaking industry, it was a really black day, but yeah. it was very, very expensive. Uh, but, but it was a great, great day for punters, and loads and loads and loads of people will have had their lives changed by that. Your favourite ride? What's, if, I mean, if, look, if you without doubt, one, it was the first two furlongs of the arc with Golden Horn. To have tough the draw. kahunas yeah. to do what he did and end up winning the race easily in the end. So you can see Golden Horn here. For the Oppenheimer, who'd just been a great supporter of racing, this was a derby winner winning the arc. Probably a horse who didn't quite get the credit, really, he deserved. People were worried about him as a stallion, but I think he's going to turn into a, a really good stallion as well. And it was just a great, you know, that first two furlongs when he went wide of the field. When jockeys do that kind of thing and go and win, it's brilliant. When they lose, they get absolutely panned. Yeah, yeah. But when it works... It was a, just it was just a stroke of absolute brilliance. Yes, and it had to be uh, to get out of the spot that he was in at the start of the race. That was Golden Horn. Uh, had a couple of votes for Lamtara as well. Uh, people uh, remembering that fondly. I've got. I, I like to see the best against the best. I, I, years ago, I tried to. Derby was of course Walter Swinburne with Lamtara. Uh, no, Ark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, I think the Derby was more spectacular than the Ark. To be fair. But anyway, I'm just saying what people are voting for. Yeah, well, they're they're wrong. Wrong. Some, they like the Lamptar, right? Yeah, but they're, they're wrong. Entitled to like it. Um, Frankie versus the best at the time. Him, him against Fallon is. is uh, I, I tried to statistically separate them at that at that point. Probably in the 2000s, went through everything: actual versus expected, handicaps only, uh, all weather. You couldn't split them. Interesting. Although they're very different riders, you couldn't split them. And then we had the massive sort of um, the 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 Godolphin versus. Um, 
cool more um, sort of head-to-heads. And one example of that, I suppose, is, is Enable in the oh, Breeders' yeah. Cup. And that, that, was, that was a good moment. I don't think it's his most stylish ride in some ways because it's tougher than that, isn't it? Look at, look, look at um, how wide he's being pushed. He's jo- just got rid of Wayne Lord and he's still got Ryan Moore to get past. And this shows he could be strong as well as uh, stylish. He's still stylish, isn't he, Frankie, here? But um, very, well, very strong as well. The point is, though, that this... Why were they wide? Well, this story of this race finish only tells half the story again because remember halfway in this race the other Coolmore horse had done its best to annoy Frankie and Enable as much as it could. It was on his outside for the first part of the race and then pushing him out on the, on, yeah. on, on, on the outside. Both yeah. these horses, yeah. Magical was a, was a pretty useful horse as well but yeah I mean Enable was she she probably never got the rating a bit like See the Stars that she deserved as we know in racings we see it was Honeysuckle very hard for mares to get ratings that propel them into superstardom. But, again, as a horse, no-one's going to disagree that Enable... Well, I mean, the King Georges were kind of pointless, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, but, and a great combination, though. That was great. That's great because of the charisma. Mm. What was the word you used? Did you say charisma? Style? Style. Flamboyance. 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 The, the, Human. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about him like yeah. he's passed away. See, our team... We've still got another year. Yeah. Our team, Sean, behind the scenes are only human as well, most of them. Um, But as long as they press everything right now, we will be back in a moment. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Lots of reaction to the uh, Frankie Dettori retirement uh, news. One more year to be able to pronounce his name, Sean. Russ Evans uh, emails. Uh, he agrees with you, Matt, that it's, he's, he's rather cynical. He's, um, Frankie's putting it out there uh, for the final cherry-picked rides. Good luck to him, though, he says. Um, Ian says the real reason is that John Gosling doesn't have enough uh, established stars for next season. So another well, cynical nonsense, uh, take got, there. Arguably, the horse is going to win the 1,000 guineas. So he nonsense. loves this sport. Uh, says Leslie. Uh, good on you, Frankie, for giving us an opportunity to uh, celebrate you. And similar take on uh, Twitter from David H, who says, well, you don't need to be cynical about this. Sure, it's one year in advance, but it will boost ticket sales all year, give everyone the opportunity to watch him, owners and trainers, to book him. I, Racing uh, needs Surely, I tell victory you, do you, do you think if Harry Cobden announced his retirement at the end of next jump season, mm. that the people would be well, oh no, there he is. I'll come back to that. I didn't realise he was on the show. There he is. That's a lovely sofa. Good morning, Harry. No announcements from you, I hope, this morning. No, morning, Sean. Morning, Matt. You all right? Yeah, I did ask your boss, actually. What um, I said to him, how would you describe Cobden? And I was kind of looking for, you know, something funny, basically, would have been yeah. great. Or yeah. something, at least some expansion. He just sent me one word back. And how boring is this? He's just said, good <laughs> but to be honest, that's that's the only word you'd want to hear, isn't it? Well, much better than bad, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> that's pretty good from the boss, isn't it? Yeah, no, obviously we've had a fantastic season this year and um, obviously everything's gone really well, so hopefully we can continue over the Christmas period. There's a big interview um, with Paul Nichols in the Racing Post there. He talks about you know, the difficult decision of, of having sort of prior, prioritised you over Sam and he's still got massive respect and time for Sam Twist and Davis as well, but he didn't want to let you go. I mean, seeing that in black and white, that's quite a boost, isn't it? A, a real big vote of confidence in you. Yeah, it was massive, uh, 
decision for Paul to make at the time. And personally, looking back now, I probably wasn't, well, I definitely wasn't ready for it. I was, I think I was 19 at the time. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, we, we obviously had a lot of confidence in me. And thankfully, four and a half, well, I think this is my fifth season riding for him. I'm still there. So, uh, hopefully, he made the right decision anyway. Well, it's working out. What, what you just said there, though, Harry, were you daunted by it to start with? Because you were, you were a kid, really, looking back. Still looking yeah, up. but... But I think when you're when you're 19, I had a, I had a good job at the Tizards, and I rode a lot of winners for them at the time. And you just I don't know you, when when things are going well, you take things in your stride, don't you? And you don't really think about your age or the um, the actual size of the job. You just try and get on with it. I think I think the reason that Cobbers has done so well, other than just obviously the natural talent that we can all see, um, and and Paul saw, um, is that uh, he's different. I think you're different to most other jockeys in that he doesn't... You live and breathe it, but you don't live and breathe it, if that makes sense. Like, you would... I, like, on a Sunday, if there's no race, you could go and do something, and maybe if there was a race going on somewhere, you might watch it later on or something. But you're not one of these people, if you're not involved, you're not living a life. You're living a life. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think definitely... I, I think I'm just... I'm, I wouldn't be obsessed, you know? I, I love race and I love my job, but... Um... I think sometimes you can, and you, and you see you see a few other jockeys get a little bit wound up about it, and and all they think about, they, you know, they go home and they watch race and replay. You know, I go home and take the dogs for a walk and have a look around the farm. I just, you know, I I, I don't sort of engross myself for racing, and I, I, you know, I, I know form and stuff like that. And obviously, when you're riding every day, and you know what you need to know, but I don't, I wouldn't go the extra mile to sort of make it my obsession. You need a bit of time out and you need to look at racing from different angles and aspects sometimes. That's very healthy, I think, being able to switch off. And, and it also means you're not, you're not obsessing about your performance, so it suggests a lot of confidence in your, your ability as well. Right, let's talk King George. We should just say to anyone, if they're thinking, oh, it keeps moving a little bit, that Harry's right arm at the end of this, because we're going to keep him on for probably about half an hour. At the end of this, that right arm's going to almost fall off. Yeah, maybe because he's hours. holding so, his phone. So I've got it. I've got it with the left arm as well. <laughs> Take it up for the first. <laughs> Frankie Dettori wouldn't have this H. You know that he's got someone to hold yeah, his phone he, for him. He's he, a camera he crew. Yeah, someone holding him. Yeah, yeah. Racing debate you could have sent a camera crew down. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't got a camera crew here, let alone send one somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, King George around the corner. I, th I think. I've been guilty, probably many people would be in the same camp, of just assuming that you're going to be on Brave Man's Game, even if Hitman and Brave Man's Game both run in the King George. Is it that straightforward or not? Are you still, are you still pondering? Well, look, they've got, obviously got a week Monday to go. Um, Brave Man's Game is the five to four favourite. I'm the only person that's ever ridden him, and he's been the most fantastic horse, and I think he probably has got the best chance out of our, our, our two runners going there. I'm not, I'm not under, underestimating Hitman. He's obviously a top-class horse, but he's only six years old, you know, and he's an improver. He's got loads and loads of raw ability, but um, if you look at, like, Paul goes on about Clanders Oba and Fro, and you look what they did as six-year-olds and, and how they progressed from six to seven, that was it was astonishing. So um, it's not set in stone because they've obviously both got to get there and, and, and we need, um, hopefully they do, but... Um, You'd have to lean towards the favourite a little bit, wouldn't you? Sounds like you've nearly made up your mind, unless something puts you off. Yeah, well, you know, Sam's obviously um, he's he's in line to ride um, 
hitman and um you know regarding all, all goes well there so i mean you don't have to be a rocket scientist to really work it out yeah no that's fair enough um how late would you leave a decision would you would you would you put any sort of stock or any thought, Harry, in how the horses just are in themselves in the in the days before? Would that sway you in any way, or is it more about what they've done and their, what you know their ability is based on form and all the uh, rest of it? Do you know what? Uh, I think riding horses at home is actually not good for jockeys. <laughs> it's not very well. I mean, I've worked horses before, and they've worked very well and they've gone around two days later and they've got stuffed i've walked horses before that have worked horrifically and they've ran two days before and they've gone one with their head in their chest i've i've heard people say that the horse felt a bit flat or didn't feel 110 percent or it's or maybe it just didn't swish its tail when it came out the stable it's come out the next day and absolutely bolted up so i don't think um Personally, on my level, it doesn't help me when I go and ride horses work anyway, because especially in our yard, you don't really find out a great deal working over four and a half furlongs and all where the gallop. No, fair enough. Can I, Harry, just going back to the decision, you say it's fairly obvious, and I, I think it's fairly obvious. I, I looked after Daryl Holland once. I've never mentioned that before, but I did. <laughs> and and I, I always said to him, like, if, if you get off the five to four favourite or hot favourite and it goes and wins... You'd never forgive yourself. But if you get off, if you don't ride the six to one shot and it goes at wins and you've ridden the favourite, then you can cope with it so much easier. I think it's very hard to get off a favourite and if it wins, you, you would sit at home and just think, what an idiot I am. Having said that, 2018, Clandes Oboe was 12 to one, Politologue was five to one. Did, did you actually have the choice or did John Hells just not want you? No, I had the choice. I actually, I rode Clandes Oboe um in the Betfair chase the um the meeting before that and I and I got off him and I said um support's probably quite a brave show but at the time I didn't really know a great deal about it. I said I think this also win the King George and I um I stuck to my guns and obviously I thought twice about Politlog after that and I thought maybe this was a silly idea when he was nearly favourite and the other one was twelve or sixteen to one in places. So um no, I was glad. I was, I was glad because that really worked out well. And um, Jeb Mace is my sponsor as well, so it was, it was even better for him. Yeah, that was, that was a really big shout. It wasn't just that you wanted free Manchester United tickets for Paul or something, was it, or something? <laughs> <laughs> you did actually go up and watch him. I bet you did. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> a nice box, that. By helicopter, I bet, as well. <laughs> that was good. Um, We've heard this week, um, Harry, that the BHA are willing to sort of have further discussions with jockeys about the new whip rules, and there's been some disquiet about it. I know you weren't entirely happy about it either. Are you going to get involved in that? You're going to, is there a way to give your feedback, and, and what would you want to see change? Well, we're obviously all involved, um, but I think collectively as jockeys, I need to be a little bit careful what I say here, because um, we're going to be... Uh, as the sort of the PJ and collectively as a group, we're gonna we're gonna stick together, and you know we, we've got we've we've obviously we are we've we've made ourselves heard, and the, and and that we feel the fact that we've got plenty of concerns here, don't we, towards the, this new new whip rule. So obviously we're gonna I think we're gonna probably release a statement um, through the PJA um, with what 
we want and how we feel. We don't we don't think every single rule that the the BHA has brought out has been, you know, is, is ridiculous. We agree with a lot of them. Um but I think we we want to be responsible for our actions and um I don't I'm not sure this last rip 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 whip review was handled very well. Um so Collectively, as a group, going forward, we want to just target a couple of little points and go from there uh, and, and, and try and get the, the stick to where we want it. What's, first of all, Harry, on that, what's, what's your main beef? You said there's only a couple of things. What's the main thing that you want, you want to see some movement on? The main forehand one is on the forehand and backhand. Yeah, that, that is the main one. And... Um, we, we 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 feel that um, there are definitely a few grey areas there with regarding to, to to the lads riding. I mean, a few jockeys have got shoulder issues and um, various other different things, and they can't use their stick in their in their left backhand or their right backhand because of previous injuries. So if you can't if you can't strike the horse correctly in just say your left backhand and you catch the horse short or you 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 um you 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 misplace it then you know it's um it's certainly something that we have to be very very careful because if you catch one down the ribs that's that's um that's uh, obviously a lot of days for the jockey but if you can't actually help the fact that he can't reach that far back um using his stick in the in the backhand you know the only way he's going to do that is he's going to he's he's going to lift his um whip over the over shoulder height and you know you get a band that way so you know you're getting you're getting days for, for going over short shoulder height for hitting the horse in the right position or you catch the horse short if you don't go over shoulder height and um you know that's burgeoning on a um bloody horse welfare issue isn't it because um you're not hitting those in the right the right place. So look, we 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 do understand that we need to get better, and um, uh, we we we're trying to um, come to some sort of compromise. Um, we, we we like a lot of the rules, but a couple of the rules we're not so keen on. So collectively, a, I think there's an obvious chance to compromise there. Yeah, I think we're going to make it very clear. I think it's being very sensible, and people, a lot of people have said like the jockeys haven't done anything or spoken out. But actually, the, 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 the truth of the matter is that they tried to do things, a group of them, behind the scenes, and they felt they were not listened to. And the reason that now the jockeys are coming out is because they feel they went down every avenue of doing this behind the scenes, and now that is over. They haven't got that avenue anymore because they weren't listened to. And so now it's coming out. And, and on that backhand forehand, Harry, I was speaking to one of the top, top fly, flat riders in the world the other day. And they were, you know, the thing that's chucked out at the moment, and this is what's frustrating about the whip, because there's always someone who says, the whip, jockeys don't need the whips. And there are some big names who say that. You don't need whips. And there's always someone who'll say, oh, Willie Carson rode for donkey's years in his left with the backhand, and Ray Cochran rode with the backhand. But what this jockey was pointing out to me is, Harry, that there are tennis players who some use one hand for a backhand, another will only be able to use a backhand with two hands. And it's the same with jockeys and every sports person. Like, just because one Zola Bud didn't wear shoes, but it doesn't mean that not that every runner doesn't want to wear shoes. And and the point they were making is that if you if you narrow down the whip use to just one way, 
and, and the sports people involved can't all use it in that way, well, then clearly it's not going to be acceptable for the large majority. And, and this is basically, I think, where you're coming from. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, Matt, um, if, if our um, thoughts are heard by the BHA and they actually take it further and we have a meeting and we discuss this properly, I think we have got an, a, a live chance of, of not getting things overturned, but having a compromise there. Agree. Um, agree. And the power, um, at the end of the day, Harry, the power is with the jockeys. I keep telling them this. The power is with you. We've seen it in Scandinavia. The Scandinavian jockeys basically said, OK, well, we won't ride anymore. The next day, the rules were changed. Yes. It's like, we don't want to get to that stage. And I'm not advocating we get to that stage. But at the end of the day, the power is with the sports people, not the sports rulers. Anyway, on a brighter note, we look forward to seeing you on the, uh, in the King George, uh, Harry. And thanks ever so much for your yeah. time today. Appreciate that. Spoke really well. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, James. Brilliant. Thanks, Harry. Harry Cobden, top man. I think Looks like Nichols was right. Good. Yeah, good, good rider indeed. I think there's a big opportunity to compromise on that back and forth. There's no science behind it. The, the science that was quoted... We have time to talk about this a little bit more. No. Uh, not, no, after the break, I mean. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, back after this. Stirring stuff, isn't it? It's always a stirring contest. Uh, strong, strong stamina tests, often in very, very testing conditions. Three and three quarter miles round Chepstow for the Coral Welsh National. And who will be writing their name into that history book? Well, it could be the Galloping Bear, couldn't it? Who's prominent in the market, be second in in most lists, I think, for uh, the Welsh National. Trained by Ben Clark, who joins us live right now from... Where are you, Ben? Somerset, is it? Yeah, Somerset, well, Somerset Dorset border. Nice, nice. Uh, what's the latest on the galloping bear? How is he? Yeah, very good. So he went to Carlisle a few weeks ago uh, for a prep run. Uh, that was always the case. Um, it's very hard to win any of these major handicaps um, without having had a run first. So uh, we were keen to get a run in and just give him a spin over hurdles, which uh, he did no more or less than I expected. Um, ben Jones rode him and uh, just looked after him when he got tired. So, yeah, very excited. Um, we've got stuck into him. We've got plenty of graft in since then. Scored him myself only a couple of hours ago. And, um, yeah, all systems go. Very happy. And hopefully we go there with a, uh, a lively chance. Well, he's always looked a national uh, type, hasn't he, the horse? What about the ground, though, Ben? What do you need to happen between now and, what is it, next Wednesday? 
Yes, so it just needs to rain a lot. <laughs> um, so the weather forecast, it looks like there's plenty of rain in it, but um, yeah, it needs to be soft ground or, or even heavy ground uh, for us to be taking our chance. But, um, you know, it's Chepstow, it more than likely will be soft ground. So, uh, yeah, we, we can't control that element, so we won't worry too much about that, and hopefully we get lucky. How, how big a deal is this horse for you, Ben? How many, how many horses have you got all together at the moment? So we're riding out 13 horses at the moment. So to, to have, a, have a live chance in the Welsh National obviously is, is huge for the yard, but um, it's all right about having a chance. But we, we don't intend to make up the numbers and hopefully we can go there, go there and actually, you know, be bang there and uh, hopefully get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Watching his um, Surrey National performance down at Lingfield. That will be uh, tough conditions uh, down there that day. Um, if he goes and wins the Welsh, Welsh National, I know you're going to say, well, let's wait and see what happens next week. But if he, if he does, I mean, he's potentially a, a, a grand national horse, isn't he, this horse? He is. Um, of, of course he is. Yeah, I mean, he is stamina laden. When other horses have cried enough, you know, he's only just getting going. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only concern in the entry race, which would apply to a lot of horses, uh, you know, with his profile, would just be uh, at the ground. Um, you know, you'd probably take your chance on sort of good to soft, soft in places uh, in, in the national. But um, also just, you know, from my point of view, you know, he can just race slightly behind the bridle. So for the first circuit, it would just be trying to hold his position. Um, yeah. that, 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 would be, that would be the key to it. But that applies to a lot of them in the race, especially as... You know, obviously there have been modifications with the fences and whatever, um, and people say it's made it a lot easier. Well, it probably is obviously safer, but they do go a lot quicker as yeah, well. I was going to so, say, yeah, they'll be um, trapping. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we'll look at Midlands, uh, Midlands National. I, I love that race for him. Um, the Irish National uh, and also the Grand National will come into, into consideration um, after uh, next week. Ben, t tell us a little bit about the Galloping Bear, because he's a nine-year-old. He's only had seven races under rules. I was just looking back at his first point-to-point, -point, and he finished second to a horse called Grumpy Charlie, who's now trained by Chris Honor and has been rated in the 140s. And here is the Galloping Bear, effectively a 140-odd horse, which is very odd for a point-to-point. -point. But both these horses, first and second, have ended up essentially being the same type of quality animal. Um, why is he so lightly raced at the age of nine? What's gone on in his life? Yeah, so we bought him as a store horse uh, from Doncaster, but he was a four-year-old store, not a three-year-old. So that took a lot of the, the sort of the Irish point-to-point -point boys that away from wanting him because obviously they're looking for three-year-olds to sell as four-year-olds. So that's the only reason we managed to get close to him because obviously uh, in terms of, you know, financially, because he, he, that, he came into our reckoning because he was four. If he was three, he's by Shan two out of a King's Theatre mare. Um, you know, we probably wouldn't have been able to buy him. He'd have been too expensive. So uh, he was one of the cheapest horses on the day. But like I say, he was by Shanty Abbey King's Theatre Mayor. Um, turns a foot in a little bit. And um, yeah, he's been, he has been fragile. It took us two years to get into the track. Uh, we ran him in a point-to-point -point bumper at six years old. Like you say, I mean, I couldn't believe we managed to run into a horse and get beaten uh, in, on his debut. Um, and then, like you say, look what Grumpy Charlie's gone on and done. But he is fragile. Like, he does have his issues. But, um, you know, so, so we've just had to mind him the whole time, just mind him. And like you say, he is nine, uh, rising 10, but he's very lightly raced and still open to more improvement. Mm.
Good he stuff. Sounds, he sounds a bit like the equine Sean Boyce. Fragile, <laughs> um, has had issues, yeah. but ultimately there is some ability in there if you Mass can get it out of him. Massively talented and a very honest and genuine type by the sound of it. Uh, we're going <laughs> to let you go, Ben. Just, just finally, uh, if, if he goes and wins, that, that puts, puts your name up in lights, doesn't it, uh, over the Christmas period? Room for a few more? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, with we, like I say, we've got thir we're riding 30 nights at the moment. Uh, we'd like to train sort of around 25, 30 horses. Um, we, we're not um, we're not trying to compete with your you know your skeletons and your nipples and your big yards. We're trying to offer something a little bit different. Um, you know, it's a, like I say, it's a big day for the yard. We've got another nice horse who run in a handicap hurdle on the same day, and uh, hopefully he'll go close as well. Who's the other horse? Uh, just a dime. Just a dime. We'll watch out for that as well. Look, many thanks for your time today, Ben. I hope it goes well. Good luck. No problem at all. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Merry Christmas ben to you. Clark, I tell you what, starting out in this game at the moment and uh, training uh, a small group of horses would be great if the Galloping Bear can go and do it. We've got to take a break. Another one of your thoughts after this. Welcome back to Racing Debate. We come over to the Skypad here to uh, take some of your views. Lots and lots of reaction to Franklin's story. Generally positive about the, the year that we have uh, uh, building up to Frankie Dettori um, hanging up his irons because it gives us a chance to enjoy him and it, most people think yeah, yeah. it'll be good. I think it's going to put numbers on yeah. box office wherever he goes and uh, a chance to celebrate it. Yeah, yeah. Good. We're in agreement about that which is good. Uh, are we in agreement about the, uh, uh, the whip very quickly? Because um, I think there's room for compromise on the forehand back end. I think that will solve it. The jockeys will be happy. We yeah. can move on. Yeah, let's just let's face facts here. The people who don't want the whip used, basically the majority of them don't want horse racing at all. But even if they're just people who find the whip unedifying, for whatever reason, and, and they would have to tell us why, because we know it's not hurting the horse. We know it's not a welfare issue. We know that there aren't many people talking about it apart from us. In fact, Tom Scudamore said something that was absolutely crucial yesterday in an interview. He said, we are all talking about it. Yes, Tom, the big wide world aren't talking about it. You are the only people out there talking about it at the moment. Right? We are the only people talking about it. No one else cares. Inside um, but anyway, Aidan O'Brien cares. He described to me that he thought this could cause irreparable damage because Aidan really believes it's the start of the slippery slope. And he says here, for me, the new rules could be the beginning of the end for English racing. Punters will stop betting. O'Brien understands that it's a punting game, much more than people might believe. Um, he says the next step will be to take the whip away. And that is it. You're chipping away at a block of wood. Any country in the world where whips have been taken away has seen racing take a big town downturn. It's really shocking. Now, as Aidan emphasised to me, he's just a visitor to these shores. But he loves coming here and he really feels that these rules are the start of the end of the sport. Yeah, and that's why it's so important. So I think the jockeys are hoping basically for this, Sean, from, from the discussions I've had, and I've had quite a few behind the scenes with quite a few riders, flat riders in particular, which are slightly forgotten about because we're in the jump season. But the flat riders, this is a much bigger deal. You have to remember this because they have to ride all around the world against jockeys who are not being forced to ride like this. And that is why for flat jockeys, the back and forehand is miles more important than jumps jockeys. But anyway, um, I think they want that changed around. I think they'd be happy, happy and welcome the penalties to be even more severe, even more severe in group and grade ones than they are already. And they have put them up um, and just keep the numbers as it is. 
Um, and I think if they got that, well, I think that's what they'll get, and I think that's what will happen. Yeah, obvious opportunity to compromise. Happy Christmas all round. Uh, Frankie tweets a few of those uh, to finish off. Um, someone give Frankie Detroit a decent ride in the July Cup. That was yours. Yes. And Victor replies, he needs a Melbourne Cup. That's the one that's missing from the trophy It cabinet. is missing, but, um, look, he's not going to sacrifice... It's usually the same week as Breeders' Cup, the Melbourne Cup, unless he's on a really fancied horse. I would say the favourite or the second favourite. I don't think he's going to go through all the journey because it is tiring doing the Melbourne Cup Breeders' Cup trip. And the Breeders' Cup will mean more because Wes Ward will have these machines lined up for him. Yeah, well, yeah, Wesley Ward will, and he might will be want to be part of the in the Breeders' Cup mile yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Gosden's thing in the, yeah. in the Breeders' Cup filly and mare turf. If he, if he gets a good ride, though, he'll be there. Well, he will have to be the favourite, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Jane, no two ways about it. Frankie is a huge draw who mm. will be missed by the industry and fans alike. There are no two ways about it. There is no one quite like him. We've got some exciting young riders coming through. The Tom Marcon, Holly Doyle thing works in terms of publicity, but there, there is only one Frankie. Um, three words to describe. Describing that was the challenge I gave you. Grant has risen to the challenge really well, I think. Look at this. Magnificent, dramatic, influential. Inspired not only a generation of fans, but many of the current crop of jockeys. His style, I think, is, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a thing of beauty. He's poetry on a horse. Yeah. It was interesting, the comparison you were saying with the, the enforcer Fallon. Because they, they, they've gone Equally through... Equally effective. Yeah, but they've gone through different ways, haven't they? I mean, Fallon was riding for the Ramsden, basically lining punts around Pontefract. And then he ended up quite at a slightly later age of his career yeah, with yeah. the big Coolmore job yeah. and obviously the big Stout job. But Frankie, from a young age, has always been in that top echelon. I mean, he's riding Group 1 with his mark of distinction whenever it was. Yeah. What was that, about 80-something? Yeah, straight into Kamani's. 90s? Uh, yeah. 1990s? A youngster. But, yeah, we agree with that. Uh, nice uh, tweet. Uh, a few emails, which I've scribbled down very quickly. Chris in Northampton, who's a, a regular correspondent, Chris. Always good to hear from him. Best to Tory ride, Chris says, and he's being a little bit contrary here. Gianfranco de Tori uh, winning the 2000 Guineas for Henry Sussex. That's going back away. Big Jim will remember Frankie de Tori as the greatest showman. You could see him in a top hat, couldn't you? In a and a cane, and, and uh, as, a, as a master of ceremonies. And, uh, also on the emails, I made a quick note. Bob agrees with you, Matt. Of course. He, uh, he agrees with you when you said that your performances are very up and down and mine are just routinely excellent. So thanks for that, Bob. That's, uh, Boring. That's much, <laughs> much, that, much appreciated. Voice hey, he's a nice guy, Bob. And Mr. Good, Mr. Good, good, good judge. Who wins the King George? Uh, Brave Man's Game will take um, all the beating, I think, because I just think that's his track. Cobden's going to be ready because he's good. And, yeah, I think, I look, it's very boring, but I think Brave Man's Game will be too good around that track. Won't win the Gold Cup, though. Sean, Merry Christmas to you being very level on this show. Cheerio. Merry Christmas. Bye.